Good to have you here, family and friends. It's what it's all about, is uh, supporting one another. How many need support? We're never meant to live this life alone. Although sometimes you might feel like you just need to get alone. That's okay. But ultimately, Jesus came to build a team. Speak life into 12 guys that just couldn't get it all the time. Come on. Ordinary men who stumbled over things of this life, who... Jesus saw potential and chose them. Chose those who were maybe not so good at talking. Some were even sometimes impulsive. Which one would that be now? Peter, kind of Peter. I'll die for you. You know, he was, he meant it, but he, he stumbled because he had not yet received the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the key. Today I want to talk with you about this very thought, I am with you always. Jesus said those words when he went back to heaven. Those were his, those were his parting words. And this is a good word. I know we could spend time about the going into all the nations, and that's good. That's the command. That's as we know the Great Commission. Is work, takes work and more work to make disciples. It's easy part is someone decides they want to follow Jesus. Jesus, that's the easy part. The hard part is now, how do I do that? And so we're all on this road traveling through life. And it's good because Jesus travels with you on the road of this life. How many want to have Jesus in your life? God bless you. And Jesus has promised to us to never leave us. You see, when it's the hard things in life that test us. When we have a loved one that we've lived with for a long time and they're no longer in the picture, what do we do? What should we do? We look to Jesus. We look to him more. We just, we just begin to dig in and cling to him. But also, you have family in the body of Christ. You have brother and sister in the Lord. Seek them out. Find them. Encourage one another. That's what it's all about. Jesus is about people. And some pastors said, this wouldn't be all so bad if it wasn't for all these people. That's a human thing there. There you go. But Jesus died for people. People is what he is coming back for to 
carry them to his heaven. Are you excited? This is the way you are when you're excited? Come on. Our former brother, St. Uh, John, Clarence St. John, he was former, uh, he was our pastor for many years in the district, led, led us into a good place. He, he would say some things that you had to stop and think, what did he just say? If, if you know, he says stuff like, I know I am, and if you know me, I know I am. He says, you say, what? And, and you'd, you'd, have to, you'd have to listen. But he'd repeat them so you didn't get it the first time. How many of you know sometimes I got to hear it again? Yeah. Uh, remind you one more time. It's got to sink in. You see, we've got to get to a place where we recognize the voice of Jesus. You see, after resurrection on Luke's gospel, there were two guys walking on the road, and they did not recognize Jesus. Their hearts weren't there yet. But for some reason, Jesus maybe disguised himself because he wanted to hear their hearts. He wanted to know what they were talking about. They were talking about this death of Jesus. And they had not yet realized he was there, right there. And many times in this life, he was right there, and we didn't acknowledge him. Let's acknowledge Jesus. So I bet, I bet that many of you could say, Jesus was there. Jesus, had not been for the Lord that stepped in, I would have been gone. I know, I know my brother Omer, he was in Nam and he saw a lot of things. God spared his life several times, miraculously. We don't know. Oh, we just go by faith and we trust the Lord. I want to encourage you. We need his presence, number one. He is always with you. Let me read the text. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Spirit, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The end of the age is, we're getting there, aren't we? We're getting to the end. Let's look up. Our redemption draweth nigh. But let's now, someone say, you're so heavenly minded, you know earthly good. Well, there's a balance in all this. While we're on the earth, we live in such a way, Jesus could come today, I want to be ready. But if he doesn't come for my lifetime, I still want to live for him. I still want to live in such a way that I will not be caught off guard by the things that he has declared to you and I. Number one, our, our first point, we need his presence. The presence of Jesus. Have you felt the presence lately? Have you? Yes. Do you want to feel his presence? Yes. Do you want to sense his nearness? Yes. 
because it's in his presence, the psalmist said, is the fullness of joy. Joy is something that the Lord himself has more of it than you and I could ever understand. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last for the night. We're going to get to this. Uh, yeah, that's a good song that I quoted it. There are good things in the presence of the Lord. Bodies are healed in the presence of the Lord. Minds are delivered, put at peace. Sins are forgiven. You remember Jesus? He spoke to the woman. Drug out there, you know, she's, she's adulterous, you know. Oh, you know. Jesus, what do you think? He didn't say anything. He wrote something. We don't know what he said, but it was his presence that convicted the rest of them as they dropped their stones. They had no excuse. And Jesus comes for you and I and saves us. But he said to the woman, does now go and sin no more. You don't have to sin. You have Jesus. Moses was called. This is another portion, a story. It's a beautiful. Read the Old Testament. There's good stuff. Exodus is it, it means they would were, were journeying out. They were delivered from their, their bondage in Egypt, Egypt. They were slaves. God raises up Moses. Moses was not perfect. Moses took things into his own hands. Moses had a temper. The temper is not the sin, it's what we do when we're angry, it's what's the problem. Let's just be real. Be angry and sin not. Moses did not have the touch of God yet until he came into the presence of the Lord. Moses killed a man out of his own desire to get Revenge from his brethren. God says, Moses, take off your shoes. Remember the burning bush? This is all prelude. By this time, Moses, Moses, God had Moses' attention. Listen, God will get your attention. God wants your attention. Why does he want your attention? Because he wants to speak life into you. He wants to place into your heart a gift that is joy, that is salvation. There is a power that comes in the presence of Jesus. Now, fast forward. They get out of Egypt. They're making progress. First thing you hear, almost, just about after the Red Sea, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. Moses, why have you brought us out here to die when we could have, you know, at least had onions and melons and cucumbers to eat back in Egypt? Why? 
Moses was away. While Moses was away, receiving the Ten Commandments and more, the people got anxious. What did they do? They decided to make their own God. They said, well, this Moses, we don't know what happened to him. They didn't have a cell phone. They couldn't say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Moses comes back only to find a cesspool of sin is happening. Moses got angry, threw the tablets, the stone tablets, smashed them. Now guess what? Go back up the mountain, Moses. We got to do this all over again. But there was, there was this testing. Something happened with Moses. Because later in the book, I'll read a little bit from Exodus chapter 32. God was ready to start over. His wrath was on edge. Moses interceded. Moses praised this prayer. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has committed a great sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. But now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, if not, please blot me out of thy book which thou hast written. Amazing prayer. It's a bold prayer. And the Lord said, Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. But go now and lead the people where I told you. Unbelievable. I believe Moses changed the heart of God. That's amazing. Although God knows all things, doesn't he? He already knew. But the point is in the next chapter. In Exodus 33, we talk about the presence. Moses said to the Lord, verse 12, See that thou dost say to me, bring up this people. I sense a little frustration, a little challenge in his his voice. How thou thyself hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. You haven't told me how yet. I have known you by name. Thou hast said, I have known you by name. God knows your name. And you have also found favor in my sight. How do we find favor in his sight? Humility. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. Not going to happen any other way except through repentance. Therefore, I pray thee, if, from Moses is talking to God, if I found favor 
And I say, let me know thy ways. Now, God has just, Moses has just been with God for 80 days. So that I may find favor. And he said, my presence shall go, verse 14. He said, my presence shall go with you. I will give you rest. God didn't tell him all the details. He just said, my presence will go with you. We don't know all the details of the future. Amen. I really don't want to know all the details. Because I'll sit back and worry about it. I'm just confessing. I have a tendency to try to want to figure things out ahead of time. But we're called to walk by faith. Now, Moses said, my presence shall go with you. Or God says, my presence shall go with you. Then he said to him, he, Moses said to him, if thy presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. In other words, if your presence is not with us, we don't have a chance. But if your presence is with us, we have a chance. And may I say unto us, because you have his presence, because you can call on his name and his presence is there, you have hope. You are not alone. Amen? God's presence changes things. Just think for a moment, if God took his hand off the earth, if he took his hands off the universe, God still holds this thing together. And no matter what man thinks he can do, God is still God and way beyond. We haven't even begun. We have just tasted. We have just got started on this earth, this pilgrimage. And we are going to someday be in the fullness to see him face to face. I didn't go on to read it, but it's thereafter. Moses cries out to the Lord, show me more. I want to see your glory. God is saying, Moses, you can't see me. You will die. You will die as you are. You're in your human body. You cannot live in my fullness. But God says, I'll do this. You go over to that cleft. You, you get down into that rock, in the cleft of the rock, and I will pass by, but you will only see my backside. Right away we see the mercy of God. Moses really didn't know what he was asking. How big is our God? Way beyond us. Yet he cares about the smallest detail in your life. Because he is a God full of compassion. Secondly, because of, his, because of his presence, we can say God has 
plans. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose. God is not done with you yet. God is just wanting you. Our greatest need is not, what am I going to do with my life? Our, my greatest need is, how much am I going to seek you? How much can I get to know you? My greatest need is to have more of Jesus. Because he will solve. He will lighten your load. Why do we get burdened so often as we forget? Oh, Jesus said he'd take care of me. Oh, Jesus said he'd. He'd take my cares, lay them at my feet. Just spend time. Oh, you could, don't worry about the kitchen, Martha. Oh, we need kitchen people in the church. But Martha, Jesus is in the house. Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. We need both Marys and Martha. But as we figure this thing out, unless... I hear from the Lord, how am I going to know what's going on? How do I see things as they are? Jeremiah 29, 11, you probably know it by heart. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Young people latch on to that. Middle people, end of people, whatever. Future hope. I encourage young people or people that are trying to make a decision, you're trying to figure out which, what, how, when. Proverbs 16, read it, verse 1 through 3. Read it, hide it in your heart. God says, the plans of a man, belong, plans of the heart belong to man. In other words, this is the way he's saying you, 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 you have a mind. God has made you. You have different interests, passions, gifts. That's what he's saying. That belongs to you. And you begin to figure out God's gift. That's how we figure out what are we going to do with our life. It's because what God has put in your heart already. He has plans for you. Okay, now listen. Let's take it a step further. The next thing is, verse 2, all the ways of man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Oh, motives. 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 We're either going to have selfish motives, or we can have unselfish motives. Come on. Sometimes we can be selfish. Oh, Lord says, well, just, you know, I can have anything. James says you don't have it because you don't ask, but did you ask, you ask with wrong motives. So motive, what is motives? Well, if I ask selfishly, greedily, spending it on myself, God's not going to get too excited about it. God gets excited when you say, you know, Lord, 
I want to give more. I want to support missions. I want to help my neighbor. Lord, if you enable me and I can make some income, we got to make a living, but if I have some extra, help me to give it away. And he goes on to say something about the word commit, verse 3. Here's the clincher. Commit your works to the Lord. Commit your works. Commit your job. Commit your future. Commit it to the Lord. What does he say? Your plans will be established. Anyway, his presence will go with you. His presence will go with you to the workplace. His presence will go with you to the boot camp, family. And when you're in a strange place with strange people and unfamiliar surroundings, you will feel the presence of God because you know him and his hand is on you. And we stay back and we pray and we believe and we... It's not going to be easy. But God is with you. And we can rest. And I said earlier, it's all about people. It's God's presence. It's about God's plans. It's about God loving people. And the way God loves people is through his people, his followers. Often, People don't know how to respond when they have someone serve or do an act of kindness, a stranger. We're taken off guard. We're, we're, we're amazed. And we say, well, wow, there's still good people in the world. Listen, God has good people wherever you go. God has people in mind wherever you go to touch. My father said something like this. Well, I was just, you know, going to the waiting room and he was, you know, older and he got in a conversation. And I think he talked about the things of the Lord. I remember him talking about it. He didn't know the person. Dad was the quiet man. God uses quiet people if they're living for Jesus. It isn't always what you say. It's how you say it. And what you mean to say. And people pick up on genuine love. Or if it's something just surface. How are you? Oh good, how are you? How are you? Like we we have a culture where we need to pick up on what people are people don't like to admit they're going through stuff. The church people, especially. They don't like to admit, I got something going on. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. 
Hey, just so happened I got something going on. I don't know if I'm going to make it. All I know is that God is who he is, and God said he will be with me. And he's not going to leave me. And he will never stop loving you because he wants you more to become more and more aware of his presence, of who he is. Revelation describes this whole scene. John has a revelation. Now, disciple John was the only one who really lived his life the longest, probably the oldest, but he was not necessarily martyred like the rest of them. But he died serving the Lord. And in his last, some of his last years, he has this revelation. That's why we have the book of Revelation. And he wrote these things down. And granted, John is seeing in the spirit realm. Revelation 7, after these things I look, behold, a great multitude. God lets him see the future. God lets him in on the future, which no one could count. This great multitude. You can just look across, all you can see is faces, far as you can see, and then it keeps going. A sea of people. It says no one could count from every nation, every nation, every place on the earth. All tribe, people, and tongue. Standing before the throne and for the Lamb of God. Clothed in white robes, palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amazing. Amazing. That's our future yet to come. The day is coming. The day is coming. We're going to join our families. We're going to join missionaries. People, a missionary is one that you supported. You're going to get in on the reward. You're going to be a part of the big picture. Don't, don't ever feel like, oh, I just have a little. I don't have much. Don't matter. Give it. Little is much. We sang that song years ago when God is in it. What about the little boy who only had a little lunch? What did God do with that? He fed lots of people and leftovers, don't ever say, oh, I can't do much. Just do it. Make a difference. It's all about together what we can do. Together what you are going to do. And so people are all around us. They're everywhere. It doesn't matter what time of the day or night you go drive on the streets. There's people who are out and about. Have you noticed this, this stream of traffic? It never seems to stop that much. What is going on? We don't go to sleep anymore. Well, we do, but there's people that work nights. You know, this, this whole thing is just a turn and a turn and a turn. 
God is looking for people. I want to pray a blessing on us. By praying, we're going to pray, Jeremy, Jeremy, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, stepping in the new, new things, new things. Um, I need my musicians, Jeremy, Nathan, whoever's playing bass, Jared, you want to come? Uh, we're we're going to sing one song, The Goodness of God, and this is going to be a concluding song. Before, before, before we sing this song, I want to I want to pray a prayer of a of, of blessing on all of us. Wherever you're at in your season of life, you 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 need God's presence, right? You need him more than ever. How many want him more than ever? Come on. Yeah. I, be, I believe it. Can you just take a moment? And we'll just close our eyes. Jesus, you see our hearts. You see the times we're in. You see the trials we're in. You see the things that are we're facing. And we're going to trust in you, Lord. We place our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus. You died on the cross, you rose again, so that we could have eternal life. But while we're, before we get into eternity, we pray, Lord, oh God, as Jesus prayed for disciples, don't take them out of the world, but keep them. Don't, don't just you know, isolate them, but keep them in temptation. Keep them from the evil one. Lord, I pray for a blanket, an armor on Jeremy that he will have as he steps into new things. And it will be evident that God is with him, we pray.